0: This is Friday June 10th. How do you learn? Are you a visual learner? Are you an audible learner? Are you a tactile learner? A friend of mine who is a private pilot says that what he does in landing his airplane, the most difficult aspect of flying the plane, is really all muscle memory. That is, he has landed his plane so many times over the years that he hardly has to think about it today. It's sort of like backing out of my car out of the driveway. My driveway is curved, and when we first moved into the house, I had difficulty backing out. Sometimes I would back my car across the lawn, or into a bush on the other side of the driveway. It was only through repeatedly carrying out this exercise that my brain became trained to meet this challenge. Now, I can do it effortlessly. Learning, really learning, takes repetition and recall. Here's our scripture passage from Deuteronomy 11, verse 18 to 21. The Lord says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. How does our faith become life? How does what is in the scriptures become a part of us, integrated into who we are? Of course, educators ask this question. How does knowledge become personal? That's the question that Michael Polanyi, the Christian mathematician and philosopher, tried to answer. He said, think of it like this. On the first day, that new surgical resident picks up her scalpel, and has to make an incision on a living person. She must think through every aspect of her movements. How much pressure do I need to apply to cut through the epidermis? To go deep enough without going too far? She is very conscious about the angle of the blade, the pressure applied to her hands, the hand, her fingers, the bend of her wrist and arm, and how she is standing over her patient. You see, she wants to get it right. But over the course of her residency in surgery, something happens. This knowledge becomes personal. She doesn't have to think directly about those things. She makes the incision almost without thinking. It's as if the scalpel has become an extension of her her own hand, a part of her. She has acquired personal knowledge. Okay, That's how it works with a scalpel, how that knowledge becomes personal. How does spiritual knowledge become personal? Well, God tells us that it all begins with his word. Our text is another another of those passages where God commands us to put his word all around us. Yes, I think God doesn't just want his word sprinkled around us. He wants it to be in us. He says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. This is the heart learning that we began looking at yesterday. And the idea is this. We can develop a muscle memory of the heart. Or we can develop a default way of thinking that causes us to look to God in all things. But like the medical student in surgical residency, it takes time and it takes experience. It is as we learn the word that our mind takes it in. We come to understand what God's word means. Then we begin to apply it, to put it to use in our lives. It is as we trust God and take him at his word that our trust grows. We experience life with God. We see God's faithfulness. We come to understand that his command is for our good and for his glory. He desires us to prosper and thrive. He wants life for us. We build our experiences with God and we come to trust Him and His Word in increasing measure. And over time, our hearts become attuned to His truth and our minds see the application of His Word each day. Of course, the change happens slowly, but we come to know and enjoy God and enjoy the life we have with Him. Over time, his word becomes the lens through which we view everything around us, and our hearts are trained to go to him for all things. You see, this is where we want to be because life flows richly in this place. Now, of course, we know that Jesus has equipped us with a helper, a counselor, a teacher in this. He has given us his Holy Spirit so that we might be able to understand his truth and apply it in our lives. He tells us that his spirit will dwell in us and lead us into truth. Yes, we have his word, his truth, and we have a guide, a teacher, a mentor, you could say. This is why we, we love to see our children come to faith in Christ when they're young. They not only have loving parents guiding them into God's truth, but they also have the spirit of God leading them deeper into the personal knowledge of God. And that's a bit of how it works, how Christ comes to be formed in us, and how these words of God become fixed in our hearts and minds. Let's pray. Gracious God, we don't want to know about you. We want to know you. With Moses, we cry out, show us your glory. Thank you, Lord, for revealing yourself to us through Jesus and providing us with your Holy Spirit. Help us, we pray, as we guide the next generation to know you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.